This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Matt D'Elia is Confused. This is Matt D'Elia. And this week's guest is, uh, I will say, a kind of person I've wanted on the show for, for a long time. Uh, um, I've been looking for someone who is a believer in the QAnon conspiracy theory. However, as I began to look into who I might be able to talk to, as I began my search for the right candidate to speak to about this, I realized that most of them would provide me with a, a very um, brief and uh, boring explanation, which would be somewhere along the lines of just a lot of them are clearly demented or um, just not even attempting to pretend that they have some kind of evidence or structure of thought behind their belief. Um, But this week's guest, his name is Martin Geddes. He's he's actually English, uh, but I found him when I was looking for believers in QAnon. And um, that's one thing that we do talk about. But what I liked about Martin is that he's not your average uh, QAnon believer. Namely, he's not even American, first of all. But he also, um, in talking to him, or even in just reading what he has to say, he, he talks about a lot more than just QAnon. And he talks a lot about uh, uh, the media in general and um, other kinds of theories about you know Epstein and things like this. Um, and I thought we would end up having a, 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 a more expansive and thus more insightful conversation than me just talking to somebody who believes in QAnon and is telling me I'm a fucking libtard or whatever it is. Martin is actually a genuinely uh, sweet guy, uh, very easy to talk to. Um, he's well-spoken. He happens to believe things that I very much don't believe uh, that are well outside what one might call mainstream thought. Um and we talk about that. Uh, I, I mean, I have a few issues and I ask him about a, a few of them along the way. But, you know, I, I was more interested in um, picking his brain and getting at the crux of what this cons- type of conspiracy thinking really is and what it looks like. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. He brings up something. He, he he refers to something uh, when I when I do ask him uh, later on in the episode uh, where he gets his information and how he vets it. He he mentions something that he refers to as the gold standard of firsthand experience, and this is something that um, on a few episodes ago when I spoke with uh, Daryl Marble about uh, his flat Earth beliefs, 
that he alludes to as well. And it's this idea that firsthand experience is really the be all, the ultimate uh, in learning or um, in knowledge. And I, I don't think that at all. I think our firsthand experiences and often the firsthand experiences or the purported firsthand experiences of others um, ought to be more suspect than uh, things that are vetted or even things that are in the news, even things that are on shitty CNN. Not that I believe or I'm a proponent of believing everything you read, but but it is a, sort of a, a, a one of a few chasms between uh, Martin and I in the conversation you're about to hear. Um, but yeah, like I said, he 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 is very clearly an intelligent person, and I think that makes thinking about all of this conspiracy thinking in general sort of more interesting more complicated and uh uh really um provided for a much better episode so um i'm excited to uh give this episode to you let you guys listen hear what you guys think um and also this episode was recorded actually a few weeks ago this is a while ago this was i I believe this was before jeffrey epstein even killed himself uh i bring this up because jeffrey epstein sort of is a touchstone uh of the conversation and sort of uh we use him a lot as an example of why i don't believe things and and sort of how and why he does um so just keep that in mind as you listen um Thank you for listening. Here is my conversation with Martin Geddes. Okay. Thanks for jumping on the show here. Uh, I appreciate you joining me as a guest. Uh, I've been trying to get... I said that, uh, when I reached out to you, I told you I had uh, a man named Travis View on from the Q Anonymous podcast, and he's a, yep. he's a QAnon researcher, and he's very much sort of of the mindset that it's all just one big conspiracy theory, and I tend to agree with him, but that doesn't interest me what I agree with him about. What I'm interested in is is actually what I was curious specifically about you is that you clearly have thought it through. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so like, I feel like you're not someone who's jumping on a bandwagon, whether it's true or not. You're someone <laughs> who like, I, I've read what you've written and, um, just been following you on Twitter and I, and I, and I feel like you're the right guy to talk to about this. Um, yeah. and your background being where you are, you're not an American citizen. So that sort no. of makes you extra unique. So I, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you and I appreciate your time. Um, if you just want to tell me a little bit about you and your own words before we like jump, jump in, sure, you know, yeah. Um, so as you probably noticed, I have a British accent, which I practice every day. <laughs> um, but I spent about five years of my adult life in the United States. Um, I actually lived in Kansas city for three and a half years. Um, my, my brother lives in, in California. Um, I had a lot of professional uh, contacts in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm a, um, so by trade, I'm a computer scientist, Okay. high end computer scientist working on bleeding edge internet architecture and network performance science. Okay. Um, uh, but we're kind of a polymath as well with sort of wider interests. Um, I'm also an urban gay male. Um, I'm slightly left of center politically. I've never voted for a right of center party. I have no religious affiliations. So I don't fit into any traditional 
conservative Christian, whatever, you know, um, uh, archetype that you might recognize as being a, sure, a yeah. Trump supporter. Right. Um, uh, and if I have a sort of a skill set, it is one of ooh, cutting to pieces complex belief systems and looking for the defects in them, um, which is something I've been doing professionally for a long time. Uh, so in order to make progress in, in, in topics like you know, net neutrality or you know, network architecture, you need to understand what's wrong with the existing incumbent paradigm. Yeah. Right. So, um, and so what I do is, is I, I hunt those defects and, and I help to communicate to people the, the possibilities for a different world. Um, okay. That's so cool. It's, um, uh, and, it, and most of my work traditionally has been in, say, in the purely technical domain. Um, but I've also had a sort of a, a, a dabbling interest in... Um, uh, policy issues and more um, it's a human issues around ethics, particularly around data privacy. Okay, so then that's an interesting background, particularly for this. I'm, I'm curious as to how you came upon QAnon and all that stuff. If you could tell me about your journey, especially as someone who yeah. seeks systems and the defects in them, what, how, what your process was of sort of coming upon it and okay. and yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a personal history here that's that's relevant. Okay. Um, uh, so my four generations of my family have been involved in Jehovah's Witnesses, um, and my father is not, but my mother is. Okay. Um, so as a child, I was presented with these two different belief systems, um, and uh, I had to reconcile them from an early age. Um, and so I came up with a philosophical ninja pretty quickly just to try to build a, a bigger, encompassing belief system. Of, okay, which of these parents is mad? Right. So, um, um, so I learned from an early age that just because everyone around you is all in radical agreement um, that a particular belief system is true, um, and all lovely people, and they've got beautiful publications, and, um, uh, and, and are utterly sincere in their belief, it all means absolutely nothing. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> and that's... And that you have to be ruthless in um, uh, thinking for yourself mm. and trusting yourself um, in order not to be captured by other people whose best interests may not be at their heart. Mm -hmm. um, so I found a sort of natural skepticism for those who turn up with a, um, uh, an authority of any kind, that the, the, the Bible of whatever nature it might be, right. um, and tell me, believe this. Right, right. Um, right can be a limiting factor in a corporate career. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so how did I come across the Q stuff was um, I was already on a journey of being skeptical about many of the stories we've been told about the world. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and for a number of years, kind of as a hobby, um, kind of again, pulling apart belief systems for fun and profit. You know, it's like, sure. it's, uh, um, understanding our financial system, understanding um, uh, you know, um, bits of history that maybe are contentious in various ways. Um, uh, and, uh, and about two, 2010, 2011, um, I dug into the 9-11 stuff mm. and I tried to disprove the conspiracy theories. Right. You know, that, um, cause that's what scientists do. Yeah? It's, um, and the more I looked at it, the more I go, holy crap, I you know, this is the conspiracy theories are grounded in facts and make sense. And the official story, that doesn't hold up. <laughs> mm. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know what actually happened, but I know that that almost certainly isn't true. Okay. Um, and it's a process of, um, a very painful process I felt, found of 
realizing there's some form of gangster government mm. you know, that's, that's um, uh, really quite evil. Um, and understanding it's part of a bigger picture of what animates the wars and, and various conflicts and um, unhappiness in society. Um, so, so it's a really gone sort of journey where I was looking for understanding psychopathy mm. and its role in power systems and evil and you know, this kind of stuff, it's the dark stuff. Um, and so that meant I was originally plugged into people and information sources that were maybe somewhat you know, alternative, mm. um, uh, which were questioning the, the quote, official narrative. Right. Um, so when Q turned up, it was, um, uh, it was already part of a, I don't know, it was another, another factor in a, an information landscape that I was staring at, yeah, mm-hmm. trying to make sense of. Right, right, right. And and as the, the title of your your podcast has, yeah, I'm feeling confused. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I'm, not, I'm not like some 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 divine oracle of the world. Sure, right, right, right. <laughs> I'm an ordinary guy who gets confused by stuff. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. we have that in common for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so you, I guess if we if we start with the we might as well go back and start with the the nine eleven stuff because that stuff interests me too. So your journey on that was okay. So this doesn't make sense. What what we've been presented with doesn't make sense. Yes. And there are things that don't add up, which I actually agree with about that. Um, yeah. And then so for you it was less about what is the alternative version that works than it was about okay, well, this doesn't make, this doesn't add up, right? Yeah. So, so, so one of the, the interesting things I've learned um, in the last couple of years is when someone, if you present someone with something like 9-11 and say, well, I, I find it very hard to buy that official story. Mm. The, the, the next thing they say is, well, what, what did happen? Mm-hmm, right. I've learned not to respond. Right, right, right. The, the answer is, well, what do you think happened? Right. Because um, the answer is, I don't know. Right, right, right. I have some hypotheses, and um, uh, and there was a particular little thing, a kind of aha moment. Um, there's sort of various little little ideas and frameworks that have kind of turned up at the right moment. And one was the idea of people who are fallibilists versus foundationalists. Mm. Uh, so foundationalists have a very rock solid sort of ideas about the, how the world is, um, and things that don't fit with that get discarded quickly. Right? It's, um, whereas fallibilists have a, a more open view of the multiple possibilities. Um, and neither of these is right or wrong. Yeah. Is there just different, um, you might think of them as different, uh, energy management approaches mm-hmm. is yeah, the idea of holding open multiple possibilities and having to evaluate everything against them is costly. Right. Yeah? Right. Like, right. Not free. It's, um, and being a, fa- you know, a foundation list in a world that isn't changing too, too much or where there's no paradigm errors is, is great. Yeah. It's like, um, so, so I, I, I would regard myself as a um, more of a, a lean towards more the, the fallibilist side mm. yeah, and uh, I'm becoming aware of how people have different kind of unspoken or fundamental assumptions about how, how you should appro- approach new information. Um, uh, so, um, so something like 9-11 um, is, is, I think, to, to stay sane, um, you have to have a kind of a... Uh, uh, a hybridized view mm. where you can allow yourself to not know what really happened, but to have sort of a deeper understanding of, okay, there are psychopaths and there's evil mm-hmm. and there's deceptions in the world and there's power. And there's, you know, it's, right. um, 
Uh, and these things aren't new. Mm-hmm. And there's a th- you know, thousands of years of history of this stuff. So it, it allows you to, to still have a sort of a foundation. You know, otherwise, you're crazy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Sure, yeah. While, sim- while simultaneously being open to, to different possibilities. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> this just made me think of, I was reading uh, the other day about actually Timothy McVeigh and the Oklahoma City bombing. And I didn't realize that there was some hole in that story. And, and we don't need to get into details yeah. of that. But it makes me think... From my point of view, as I'm, I feel like I'm a, I, I feel like I'm a skeptic of definitely what the media is is putting out there, but but also of what any sort of if we're going to call it a conspiracy theory is putting out there as well. So for me, it's about anyone who's acting like they know. It, I'm immediately skeptical of, of, yeah. of that, you know. So I'm 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 definitely skeptical skeptical of the media, but I'm also deeply skeptical of. I, I just remember when I was I was I was living in New York actually during nine eleven and yeah. the the tr- the truth the truther movement was very like vocal there yeah. and I just remember being so kind of put off by how sure they were yes because because if you're coming at it from a point of well this doesn't add up what's going on mm-hmm. that is something I can relate to we want answers kind of thing you yeah. know yeah. but if it's like this is an inside job and we know it and Bush knew. And in that video, you can tell and all that stuff. You're, uh, for me, it starts to, it, I just turn my, I just turn away from that because then I start to think, well, you're just as, as questionable to me as any, anyone else. I might agree with you that things don't add up, not you, you, but, but, but someone out there, you know, and I think, so it's, go ahead. Yeah. So it's like you substitute one dogma for another. Right. Yeah. yeah is, is in order to feel safe, um, you need to adopt some kind of certainty. Right. And the very hard task is to be um, safe and uncertain. Yeah. It's, uh, now people, what people want to have is they want to have safe certainty. Right? But, but our universe doesn't offer that. Totally, yeah. Uh, but the moment you realize that you've been lied to, you feel unsafe and uncertain. Yeah. So it's um, uh, so, so that the, the very, very hard thing is to hold yourself in that square of, of safe uncertainty. Right. Um, and uh, but I think you know, to do that, you need to have something um, or so deeper and grounding mm. that almost like some pole stars you know, above and below. Right, right, and, right. And it's, it seems that it does make, it does make this real. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like um, uh, so people often ask me, you know, Q is right or Q is wrong. Whatever. No, no, no. I'm not interested in whether Q is right or wrong. I'm interested about what's true about the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, not true about the world. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like. Um, Q is just another piece of evidence on the, on, on the map. <laughs> it's like uh, okay. or another, another fragment of map that someone's offering you, which may or may not be true. Right. It's like it's maybe partially true, or maybe, you know, it's like it's, it's complex. Right. Um, um, so what, what, I, what I think, I, I, think I, I have found is that um, uh, it really helps to say to have these sort of pole stars. And the idea of good and evil seem to be um, good orientation points. Yeah. And by good and evil here, I'm not just talking of a classic, ooh, religious type type of view of right. the world, a spiritual view. It's almost even a sense of physics, right? So we we understand that um, ideas like the constructal law, uh, systems like the construct systems that are more connected, mm-hmm. yeah, is that you know, that good is almost a, a world that is more connected and more empathetic, um, uh, and where um, uh, we, we see the wholeness of everything. And evil is where we disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that 
you know, when I cause, you know, if, if someone's in you know, pedophilia or something, is, you know, someone's going to rape a child, mm-hmm. they feel disconnected from that child. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, it's a, um, right, 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 yeah. So we can start to understand these, these systems at a more profound level. Um, and so the ideas of good and evil and connection and disconnection um, or, you know, or, or lo- love and lovingness as being almost an act of physics and, and thermodynamics mm-hmm. as much as this is about um, uh, uh, oh, you know, some literary idea that comes from the Greeks. You know? Sure, <laughs> yeah. A very different view. So, 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 for, so in order to stay sane in a world where there's a great uncertainty and stay, feel sufficiently safe, is you, you've got to have something that doesn't change. Mm. And, and what I found has helped me to understand the world it is to kind of take those two extremes of good and evil and to understand in particular the, um, the nature of psychopathy and, um, uh, and deception in evil. So, so in some ways, evil is the absence of good. And, um, and there's a whole subject, which I never knew existed, called mm. ponderology, hmm. which is the academic study of evil. Hmm. Uh, and I learned so much by looking into that. It's like um, kind of like the Jungian thing. Right, right, right. On the side, we get to understand you know, what good might look like. Right. That, um, that what you, uh, the way you put it about, you know, we don't want to be, we want to be, the safety and sureness and all that stuff. I think yeah. that that really speaks to, and also your, what you're talking about, about connectedness and disconnectedness. I, I think that, you know, I think it's, I think it's a little bit, hard to tell because technology is ramped up so fast and we're so much more connected than we've been in the past more so every day. And I think that that contributes to this sort of lack of safety feeling and this, and this unsure feeling also as well. And I think people have talked about this being a new conspiracy age, you know, it's because, and I think, I think, and and tell me if you agree, but I think that, um, that sort of unsafe and unsure stuff is sort of like kindling on that fire because because the more the less you are the less sort of foundation you have under your feet the more sure you want to feel and it's just as much like the religious thing you know if you're handed this story and you don't know any better about jesus and everything like that you're gonna be liable to believe it but if you can just go on the internet and find 800 different versions of of the truth then you're you're able to pick through that and find your own find the truth or your own truth however you want to put it but it's it's you're also just much less likely to take that as it's been given you know so it's the it's this give and take of of you have more things to possibly believe and more avenues to discovering the truth but you're also becoming less and less safe as you're putting it in this in in this foundational sense of like am i am i tethered to something that makes sense i think is it Jiddu Krishnamurti talks about truth as a pathless land. Mm. And um, so I think by that, my understanding is that each of us have to um, go on a journey, which um, requires us to integrate our senses and our sense making um, and into our own our own truth, you know, rather than a sort of um, pret-a-porte do, you know, doctrine or dogma. Mm-hmm. We take off the shelf and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm now a full-blown, you know, right. born-again Christian or whatever it is, a born-again, you know, it's like... Um, uh, I'm be a born again virgin, <laughs> but it's like um, uh, um, it's the idea that it, hmm, what it reminds me of is, is if one has taken psychedelics mm. hypothetically, 
there were moments where there was great disorientation. <laughs> sure. And on your previous assumptions about the nature of what reality is um, and how you experience it and what you know, the, 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 the unity of your experience and, and the outside world um, get challenged very severely. Um, and people who I know who've gone through that experience tend to sort of have loosened up in a certain way. Mm, uh, yes, yeah. Doesn't have a perspective on the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's no, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the most healthy perspective. Yeah, but it, but right. it's, it allows you to accept there may be other ways of seeing and perceiving the world mm-hmm. beyond what you've currently experienced. Yeah, right. It's, uh, uh, and uh, and I think if you want to approach this with Q stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it almost, it almost it, treat it like a psychedelic trip. Yeah, is um, so the psychedelics are manifestations of the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, like computers are psychedelic technology. It's um, uh, and the Q stuff is a manifestation of a mind somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, and you can go on the trip and you you can you can experience it. Um, you can come back again. Right? It's like. Um, Right. You don't have to stay in Tripland. Right, right, right. Like, uh, and now, as it happens, it probably will change you somehow. Um, it'll change different people in different ways. Sure. Um, but it, but it's just a provocation. Right? It's just it's just a set of different ideas you'll be exposed to, which may cause you to see the world a bit differently. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is different from trying. Yeah, the idea of a an acid trip being true or false is ridiculous. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Okay. Just you had a vision in the middle of it, it doesn't make it true. Yeah. So, 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 think, so think of this as going on a trip. You'll have an experience and you'll come back with something, yeah? But trying to trying to categorize it as true or false is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> okay. Just experience. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, so you're, I've read a little bit of, uh, about uh, uh, what you've written about the media as yep. sort of operating as like this mafia. Uh, did yep. How... Tell me about like, um, I guess where, so your journey towards that, like has that always been a thought in your mind or did things happen that sort of pushed you that way? And then also how, where, and when that sort of converges or how rather that converges with the Q stuff in that obviously, you know, you're skeptical of the media and then Q comes in and is it like, how does, how does that sort of converge for you? I guess. That's a good question. Right. So, um, Right, so we need to sort of understand the origins of power, and that's our good and evil thing. So the power of good comes from empathy and mutual, in, you know, mutual interest and mutual care. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, the power of evil comes from from control and exploitation and, de- and deception. Yeah, it's um, so you know, go back to our biblical stuff of the serpent and lies, you know, as being a, a source of, of, of earthly power. Um, what I've come to understand is how um, sort of loving culture and psychopathic culture have interacted over a very long period. And, and it's almost like there's an anti, uh, Nazim Taleb style anti-fragile system here, right? yeah. which is I love that book. How, does, yeah. how do psychopathic cultures grow and persist and how do loving and caring cultures grow and persist over time? Um, and for psychopathy, in order to... Um, to replicate itself and so for deception to kind of to um the scale you require certain properties like compartmentalization it's like um 
oh, um, you require you know, doctrines. You, you know, it has to be kind of a, almost like a Bible of evil. You know, how, how, does, how does this happen? Uh-huh. Um, uh, and what I've come to understand is how things like child abuse um, are involved in um, propagating and replicating psychopathy um, and how that has come to interact with the arrival of technology. So one of the, the big lessons of in order to understand Q, mm-hmm. we need to understand how the media became deeply corrupted and infiltrated. Um, and that comes from an underlying process of how psychopathic cultures interact with information technology. So what I learned from the polarology stuff, um, which, which is what really surprised me, okay, which was um, the arrival of the printing press mm. uh, allowed the replication of psychopathic doctrines to scale better. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like thousands of years earlier, the arrival of, um, of writing allowed us to have bookkeeping and debts. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and the history, the history of civilization is kind of the history of debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is the... The arrival of the printing press allowed a Mein Kampf to be published. And the effect of a Mein Kampf um, isn't so much in the words inside the book. Okay. The fact that the Mein Kampf is on the shelf in the bookstore mm. has already legitimized the nature of the debate inside. Mm-hmm. So even if you reject every word of the doctrines inside of it, mm. you have already been infected by psychopathic doctrine. Right? It's, um, the, right. the mere framing <laughs> of it being sold as a legitimate book. To right, 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 right reviewed in, in in the new york times or whatever has already affected you right it's um and this is like aha so so, so the, the printing press is of has had a, a imbalancing effect on the power of psychopaths versus the rest and then when you add that into hierarchical organizations you know the modern corporate m form corporation uh religious institutions you know vatican jesuits whatever it is mm-hmm. yeah is Suddenly, you now have um, psychopathic doctrines and systems of, of power where psychopaths will tend to rise upwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but duh, well, the media is now now a major target. So, okay. Um, uh, and then you then you move that to the next level with the, the, the computer age and information age. Is that um, that in some ways has, has hyper accelerated the yeah. ability of psychopaths to socially engineer our world? Mm-hmm. Um, now, what really shocked me was um, what I really didn't understand about the world was the role of the occult mm. um, and occultists okay. in shaping our, 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 our modernity um, and how their symbology and their semiotics, um, uh, rather than playing a sort of minor role, which I thought was kind of a bit of a few wackos over there, sure. you know, a few ceremonies, and maybe, maybe they do go and I'll strangle a few cats, but, you know, whatever. You know, it's like it's yeah. You know, okay, no, this is this is not this is not a peripheral thing. This is central. Um, so what the occultists do is they have culture of secrecy, kind of clues in the name. Yeah, it's like um, and they have esoteric knowledge, which can be positive or negative. It's not necessarily a bad thing in itself. It's um, uh, and uh, and there are secret societies and there are cultures that maintain this occult knowledge. Some of mm-hmm. it through multiple generations and bloodlines. Some of it through other means, and it plays a major role in our society. And the security services, by their nature, <laughs> tend to attract people who are into secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So, 
So once we start to understand the intersection of um, occultism, technology, um, uh, uh, hidden information or, you know, or, or deception and power and psychopathy you know, and the printing press and, and, you know, and the, the, the social media as the modern printing press, it's, it all starts to make sense. Yeah? It starts to go, OK, there's, there's a new picture here, which is that um, uh, we have been sold on various scams, um, uh, war for profit, um, corrupt foreign aid, uh, oh, being told that, you know, that um, uh, lots of really sugary drinks are great for us. <laughs> you give us diabetes, whatever it is. Yeah, it's um, uh, which are scams. It's uh, and very profitable scams, mm-hmm. um, and we've bought into them. And how how has that happened? And rather than seeing it as a conspiracy theory, you see it as a complex system of. Um, I mean, yes, they're conspiracies, but they're they're almost like they're they're, they're the they're the emergent outcome of something deeper, mm. <laughs> more interesting, mm. which is which is how psychopathy interacts with these. Um, uh, you and me and what we believe mm-hmm. how we behave as a result right, right, right. Yeah, does that make sense i'm kind of rambling a bit, i think it does like, yeah I, i'm just because so much of what you're saying throughout this conversation is is stuff that i i i do agree with what i yeah. what i where i'm arriving now is when you encounter this q stuff and, okay. and you likened it to 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 an acid trip, and I and that I I do get what you mean. You can't call that true or false, but but in a Q drop, let's say, or or when when you know you start to put the crumbs together that what Q is put giving us, there's there's a either there's a truth value to those things, unlike an acid trip, let's say. Like there's an actual what Q is yes. telling us is either true or not true, and so so how do you sort of walk through that? And, and sort of maintain what the mindset you're taking to it. Like what about what's coming at you from that is something that already makes sense to you and it fits into that? Or did you come to that and think what you usually do, which is like, what the hell is this? And then you yeah. dug deeper and found like how, how, how you, you're with that mindset, which is naturally very skeptical. How do you arrive at Q and then start to take it, it, it on? Yeah, so it, it is a almost irresistible information puzzle. Mm. Um, uh, now, um, yeah. So, so I, I didn't stake my professional reputation on Q being quotes legitimate. I mean, mm-hmm. very careful by that term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's information coherent. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, until I had spent many months and thousands of hours doing my due diligence. Right. Okay. Uh, now, um, so. To the extent that aspects of what Q are telling us are true or false, we have to kind of pull it apart into operational denotation and intentional semantics, right? Which is, um, so the, the Q is a set of denotational semantic objects. Yeah, it's a bit of writing. Yeah. So that's, yeah. And, um, uh, and there is an operational reality to, to it, which is opaque to us. And there is an intention to it, which we can only, um, uh, suppose. Yeah. Um, we hope it's benevolent, but hey, maybe not. Right. It's like, don't, it's like, um, so the the operational semantics of Q, which is, is there a relationship between Q and the Trump administration, mm-hmm. is a question of um, of evidence which would could be tested in court. And there is a body of um, uh, 
or uh, instances of, of that evidence, maybe about 500 strong now, which would to me provide um, proof beyond reasonable doubt that there is a relationship between Q and the Trump administration. Yeah. Okay. An operational relationship. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, now that doesn't necessarily mean anything that Q has told us is true. Right. Or that Q is taking us to a good place. Right? Okay. Um, but that operational relationship is a question of, as you say, evidentiary facts. Okay. Right. So back to our, our useful little frameworks mm-hmm. is the Greeks have the idea of doxa and episteme, yeah, which is um, cheap opinions versus fully worked through facts. Um, and uh, and so that, that operational relationship, I'd say, is episteme, not doxa. Yeah? It's, it is a fact, um, which makes it interesting mm-hmm. because then those who deny the facts kind of, do I trust these people? Right. Um, but I think we have to look outside of the Q drops and have some anchoring things, okay. some kind of foundationless stuff, yeah? Um, and if I have to pick one foundationless thing for me, which was a, okay, I'm going to adopt this as my my tent peg, my, to, my totemic anchor, right? Mm-hmm. My histological boat, right? Is the work of Charles Ortel on the Clinton Foundation. So uh, a forensic um, financial analyst going through all of their public documentation and saying, is this the product of a legitimate operation or fraud? Mm. Right? The answer is fraud. Mm. Right? Okay. Largest unprosecuted charity fraud in history. Okay. Okay. So, so once I, I pegged that down, that, that isn't like some, some that, that, that's a piss to me. Mm-hmm. Now, some, someone else might be, you know, people believe that there's, you know, the Clinton body count, whatever. That's, that's doxa. Okay. That's cheap, that's cheap, that's cheap opinion. Yeah? Right, right, right. Um, but fraud, Clinton Foundation, that is now fact. Um, and that helps me to sort of peg down my, my epistemological tent. Yeah, make sure I got it the right way up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, then I started to look at some of the, you know, the allegations people were making about Donald Trump. Is he a racist or whatever? And you go look at the data and you go, data right there. <laughs> mm. Like, made the accusation, but you've got no facts. Mm. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like, um, so you start, you start to build a picture up of, of what might be, I was thinking it was a, of a, of a quantum probability, or is, is it, there's the idea of, of in probability, you've got ba- Bayes' theorem, got the, got the frequentists versus the Bayesians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, so, um, uh, which, which goes back to kind of the foundation list versus the fallible list. Right. Yeah? Um, so what we need to do is start to build almost a probabilistic probabilistic model of the truthiness okay. of some of these, these ideas, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but not not to try to arrive at a final answer of what it means, um, uh, or or to render it into a sort of singular binary. This is this is this is this is right or wrong, or legitimate or not, or or um, benevolent or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't have those answers. So, so, right. so is is Trump an agent of the Zionists who's taking us to a bad place ultimately? You know, and, and could be. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, what I do know is the media is lying about Q. So totally. okay. So tell me about that. So how, you know the media is lying about Q. I actually I know that Q's. Uh, what I've seen in the media is just like really brief, like pictures of someone with a Q shirt at a Trump rally or something. What when you say that? Tell me because I haven't seen that stuff. Tell me, tell me what you mean. 
it's, it's, a, it's a pathetic smear to try and use emotional manipulation to stop you from looking at the Q stuff. So, um, so what's, what's happened? Um, we, we need to understand the historical context here to make sense of this stuff. So I'd like to three um, key events um, maybe highlight. Um, one would be after the Civil War, um, actually, we're four key events. Yeah? The United States being established, right? Mm -hmm. The United States is a rebellion against um, corrupt, psychopathic European banking aristocracy. Mm -hmm. right? It's uh, debt slavery. Um, so after the Civil War, um, the United States basically went bankrupt in the 1870s and got you know, incorporated. Um, then 1913, you got the Federal Reserve, um, which is a, basically a corrupt and unconstitutional private central bank with debt slavery brought back. And then you've got, I'd say, maybe well, you've got Operation Paperclip bringing, bringing many of the Nazis back into the United States. Right. Um, then JFK, the coup, right? So JFK was a major setback for the, um, the Patriot side of the United States. Um, and that's when the, um, uh, you know, the psychopaths basically got back into, fully into power. Um, and in order to avoid the, the population from uprising, um, they have a system of basically deception, which had them infiltrate the media, Operation Mockingbird, um, take, take control over, over the kind of the information landscape. And then anyone who kind of questioned what, what happened with JFK, conspiracy theorist. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, no stuff. It's, um, uh, so there's a system of illegitimate power, which has um, uh, always existed. Um, Arguably goes back thousands of years. Uh, can trace its trace its way all the way back to Babylonian times and 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 and, and, and their their religious system. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and the United States has been in battle with this and other people you know, for freedom forever. Um, and we're just seeing another cycle of that 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 that, that, that tussle. Um, so it's psychopaths versus the rest of us. And um, and my best guess is that Q is motivated by and executed by good people who are helping us to get rid of the psychopaths. Uh, so, right? yeah. But, but, Go but ahead, you keep going. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I, that the idea that it's all black and white and there's no shades of grey, um, or there are different factions, right, is, is oversimplifying. Sure. But there does appear to be a broadly good versus evil tussle. And, um, and we can have a pretty good understanding of some of the evil because of what it's done, whether it's in Syria or Afghanistan or Libya or elsewhere. Um, we understand the security services like the CIA have been smuggling drugs and humans mm -hmm. and all that shit. Um, uh, so it, it makes sense to me that there would be a, if, it's, if you're going to get rid of the psychopaths out of power, it has to be a one-off thing. Like you can't, you can't partially excise them. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a major civilizational changing thing <laughs> and uh and, and it's it, and, and the scope of what's happening is really 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 big like you need to have a like, fisheye lens rather than rather sure than right 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 so i guess what 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 skin in the game does the media have so i guess if the me the media is smearing q yeah what is their uh, why? Why? Okay. But, but if if it's that, why not just not even put it on the news at, at all, right? Like what? So tell me, like not that's secondary, but first and foremost, why? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
because there's a whole series of scandals that are now complicit in covering up um, mm. silent, a, a conspiracy of silence. Um, the one, that, I mean, it's, it's it's truth is stranger than fiction. Mm. It's like it's um, the, the most well, there's several. One would be um, Clinton Foundation. Mm-hmm. Right? It's um, the illegitimacy of Hillary Clinton, uh, that they were promoting her to be a president um, when she's basically a member of an organized crime syndicate. Um, pretty bad. Um, the stuff kind of stuff that's going on with Epstein Island, the, the institutionalized nature of pedophilia in blackmail, uh, multi-generational abuse uh, you know, to, gen- to generate the psychopathic culture. You know, so, so abuse of children that generates people who are then a... Uh, Unempathetic, um, have no trust in others. Uh, it's it's very disturbing, but it's how yeah, you know, it's it's the world we live in. Look at yeah, the, 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 the true affair in Belgium, um, Franklin scandal cover up. Um, yeah, this is not this is not conspiracy theory. This is is out there. It's like um, um, so the the media has been um, complicit in covering up some very major and nasty stuff like pedophilia in Hollywood, um, or, um, uh, yeah, Hillary Clinton, but also people like you know, Barack Obama. So when you start to look into the history of Obama, um, he's basically a Manchurian candidate, um, who's been manufactured by those, those same hijacked negative security services, um, as a puppet. Puppet president. He's a Photoshop president, and there's a reason why all his educational records are sealed, and um, uh, and why there's no pictures of him in his childhood, and you know, it's like it's or why some of the pictures of him with his grandparents at the airport are are, are, are faked. Um, or look at his birth certificate. You actually, when you actually look at it, and you look at the points of fraud, you say, "Yep, it's true. It's a fraud." It's like. Um, so what? What was? I, I, I guess I would give uh, the Obama maturing candidate stuff. I, I I would like to talk about that. That that's something I haven't. I've heard the birth certificate stuff. I, w- what is that? Th- the theory of that there? Right. So so he he's basically um, grown up in a CIA background. Um, uh, so um, uh, the birth yeah. There's, there's, the framing of this as the birtherism is in some ways a unhelpful framing. Um, what you need to understand is the, the nature of the, the culture of um, psychopathic power and who's involved in it. And it's complex networks nature yeah, is that, um, uh, and the role of, de- the role of deception in, in constructing power in our world. So, um, so, so Obama is only the latest in basically a series of, of uh, deceptive leaders who've been presented as, as, as being one thing when they're actually something else. Yeah? He's not the first one. Mm. Um, uh, this, this is, and in some ways, this is not new. This is, not new. Yeah, this, okay. this is a very, very old phenomenon, um, uh, is that the, current, the ultimate currency of power is legitimacy. If you accept something as legitimate, um, then you won't resist it. It's, uh, so... So the power of the, the mass media has been to persuade us to accept various people and uh, events and constructs as, as legitimate when they're not. It's, um, so, for example, uh, Bill Clinton appears to be a Rockefeller, yeah? and, uh, and he's been installed into power by various, by various nefarious means. Mm. 
oh, George Herbert Walker Bush was you know, a psychopath of the First Order. You know, was involved in the JFK whack, and um, uh, and his son is basically a stooge of of the same psychopathic culture and cult. Um, so what, if you're, I actually have a question on the heels of some of this stuff. The mainstream media for you is is basically whether it's just outright lies or unknowingly perpetuating the system of whoever's higher up than them. Where are you? Where are you getting your information, and how are you vetting that information? Right, that's a good question. So I've forced myself to go on a, um, a journey of epistemological cleansing, which is, uh, so I forced myself to go out like, to conferences, to meet people who are um, victims of uh, medical malpractice, you know, kids being stolen by courts, uh, election fraud, um, uh, go out and talk to people, mm. uh, go out and talk to people who've got, you know, contacts in the military and intelligence services. Um, uh, particularly, you know, there's, a sort of, there's a gold standard of, of first-hand experience. Um, and there's kind of various then orders, of, orders of separation from that. Um, uh, mm. So um, it's, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. The, the answer is to, to understand what's real is yeah. not easy. Yeah. Um, and to, to recognize that there are people who who want to deceive you about the deception. You know, right. It's like, it's like a massive thing. <laughs> right, right, right. They both make it bigger and smaller. Right. It's like it's, uh, uh, is, is that um, uh, we're in a, sort of a landscape filled with misinformation, disinformation, yeah. error. Yeah. You know, it's like, it isn't simple. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's not, it's not easy to, de- to determine the difference between what is intentional, so a conspiracy, what is emergent? Mm-hmm. Right, 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 yeah. And often the the, 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 the distinction is very, very blurry. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, uh, so, to the desire to render this thing, these things down into that's definitely true and that's definitely mm-hmm. false, mm-hmm. or that, or that's a simple narrative that unifies it all, mm-hmm. it tends to to, to leave you dissatisfied you know, or exposed or vulnerable. Mm. It's like. Uh, uh, so, so, so in terms of the mass media, I tend to joke. You know, there's, there's, there's two things I trust. You know, there's the the date and, and the page number, and I'm not sure about the date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the mass media is all based on projection. Of, it's a projection of power. Mm. It all exists for for um, uh, uh, the reason of of sustaining a system of, of power, mm-hmm. and that can be good, good or bad. Yeah, it's like it's you know it's um, uh, not all of it's bad, but but you have to be, I don't know, um, you have to be discerning about what is really at the base of the power system and therefore is unspeakable. Mm. And the thing that appears to be the truly deeply unspeakable thing is the the darkest currency of power, or the power the power. The assumption that money is what makes the world go round turns out to be not true. Hmm. Because if you're in the business of just printing money, you can basically make as much as you want. That's true. The thing that is the deep and dark currency of power is is humans. 
Yeah, it's basically slave trade. Um, uh, humans for sex, humans for food, humans for um, uh, sacrifice, um, access to un- underage flesh. Is that's the currency of of um, severe psychopathic psychopathic power, um, and uh, uh, it's like a parallel economy, um, and it's always been there. Mm. Not you. Yeah, um, I mean, you talk about the the partial truth thing, and and how you know it's sort of like to create the actual quilt, you need to put pull together different fabrics and discern for yourself yeah. what fabric to put in. And that's how you create this sort of reality that, that, you know, through the lens of which you experience the world, the, the, the partial truth thing I, I, I find to be, um, a great an enticing hook. So like just using the Epstein stuff, cause it's on my mind, it's in the news lately so yeah. much. I, I think what I think, and then the Epstein stuff comes out and I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is like in a fucking bad movie or something. Right. Yeah. And then it starts to unfold and you're just like, this movie's somehow getting worse, you know? Uh, uh-huh. but, but it, and it just, uh, and, and so he's, <laughs> yeah, totally. It seems totally implausible. And, and I think though, here, here's the thing for me, I, I can look at that and think, okay, well, I didn't know it existed to such a degree, and that's really disturbing. But yeah. to me, it, 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 that can stand alone as a very disturbing thing. And, and, and the, the, the theories that I read that, um, that, that it's proof of X, Y, or Z that is extrapolated from the evidence yeah. from the Epstein trial, I... I I'm content looking at the actual story and thinking, well, this is fucked up. And I don't mean it doesn't reach out and touch other people and implicate other people. I just mean it doesn't, to me, mean that the thread is loose. And if I pull it, the whole house of cards is going to come and and reveal itself. Does that make sense? Because I I, I read a lot about the Hollywood stuff and the power stuff and the pedophilia stuff. And I just think that's the reason those stories exist is because those things happen. So if, if someone's doing it, I believe that Jeffrey Epstein's doing it. I totally believe that it's like a Harvey Weinstein thing. Sure. I absolutely believe all this stuff is fucking demented and there are demented people out there. What I, what I have, what I have a hard time believing is that it, it's, it's fingers, so to speak, reach out and sort of envelop entire systems and that the one person falling down for that, the Epstein, let's say, being implicated for that, and finally having justice served, doesn't doesn't mean to me that more than just that is true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so if I could offer you a um, a refocusing, mm-hmm. um, which is what I think, and it's, and this is this is a very uplifting thought, um, which is that what. what if, if there's a a, a um, consolation to take away from this, mm. which is that the reason why this is all so hidden and so dark is because good is so powerful, mm. and and I think when our I have no religious affiliation, mm-hmm. but when I think people talk about do you believe in God, what they really mean is do you believe in good, which is do, do you mean do you believe in I am connected to you and therefore I should be empathetic to you and we're part of a single a single social system, yeah? okay. um, uh, a loving one. Um, and uh, and 
the cost of building all these compartmentalized systems of evil, um, kind of in the dark and hidden away, is like a thermodynamic cost that has scaling properties which are not good. Um, so ultimately, the good always triumphs because physics demands it. Mm. Um, there is a there is an energy cost to compartmentalizing information, maintaining secrets, mm-hmm. um, and keep, keeping control over other, other things and other people and, yeah, and systems. It's like um, uh, so so there is a bad scaling property of the evil, <laughs> and, uh, and so what what you see is a uh, so this is both one grand conspiracy and not at the same time, which is that it's all connected. Because that's that's how the universe is. Everything is connected. But what they're trying to do is trying to build. Okay, there's there's a there's a blackmail and rape complex over there, and then there's a bunch of psychopaths over there building, producing movies, and there's people, politicians here who need to have their their image polished, and a bunch of um, CIA fake over there who've got some some drugs they want to import. You know, it's like, it, and it all it all connects together. Mm. Um, but it's to allow it to see it as a see it as net, networked power being used for both either good or evil that's both it's like um uh and to, to transcend the very sort of limiting view of the um oh the, the conspiracy yeah is yeah is psychopaths naturally get together and do their thing <laughs> mm. they have business models yeah got it we, 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 don't, we don't call it a conspiracy just because it's a yeah it's it's, it's just an unhelpful limiting framing yeah, it's is sees see as various enterprises which have various degrees of um uh, they go from you know, super super loving good to super evil bad uh-huh. yeah and so and do, they all interact you, with that. do you think that that conspiracy theory and sort of the negative connotation it has is sort of spun out into the world by in your mind who, whoever is in power this this I mean, conspiracy theory, conspiracy theorist, I think, has a natural, um, there's like a, there's a collective sort of association when that yeah. is tossed out there that there's some like wig nut out there. And to be honest, when I look, when I read Q Believers, look at videos of Q Believers, yeah. none of them are like you. You know that, right? Like, like they're very, I mean, the accent that alone is like, that is, is, is enough, but you know, it's very, uh, very deeply conservative, often, uh, older, often, um, much less educated than you are. And I think that it's, it's easy to look at those people. And especially if you're someone, uh, who isn't around those people very, very much, it's, it's easy to say, well, they're fucking wrong. Uh, and then if you, if, and also separately, it's easy to look at the information and say, well, that's also fucking wrong. You know, uh, as, as someone who, who from the other side of the coin, I look at it and I think, well, this isn't, this can't be true. It just doesn't feel or, or add up or, or whatever, you know, uh, and we can disagree about that and that's fine. But I, I'm, I'm curious as to, I don't know your your association with it and the fact that you generally don't align with a lot of the things that that people yeah. who believe in this do align with. So yeah, I I, I definitely do not fit into the archetypal yeah. um, um, mega hat. Um, yeah, but I've got, but I do have one. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, 
I think this hints at the spiritual warfare aspect here. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, yes, I, I have a degree in mathematics from the University of Oxford. Yeah, I'm not stupid. Mm, yeah, but I'm, only, I'm, I'm only certified not stupid in the um, in the in logos and logic. Yeah, um, I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. However, it is a grand mistake to think that because you've been certified as not stupid in logical thinking in the scientific domain that you have a transferable skill to other domains particularly the socio-political mm. right um and my observation is that some of my very bright my genius friends um, in computer science mm-hmm. are utter idiots when it comes to socio-political, right? complete fools yeah i've encountered it, that before sure yeah 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 and it's like the very impolite way I put it, it was anyone who's done a drug deal, right? Um, it's probably quite street smart, yeah? yeah. And they're the people who would be ripped off in every deal. Right? <laughs> it's like, um, it's, it's kind of like a, um, that there's a different kind of smarts required. Yeah. Okay. Different. Book smarts, street smarts. Yeah. Um, which, which comes from, from hucksters and, uh, and losing all these bets and being, you know, being done in and beaten up and God knows what else, you know, being bashed about by life. Right. Wayward. Um, uh, which um, they haven't experienced. Um, now, it, now, it's conspicuous to me that my, my dear Christian conservative friends who have a belief in good and evil and that evil works through deception are doing really well at this game. Mm. <laughs> really, really well. They're outperforming my liberal um, progressive friends by orders of magnitude. You're going, That's really interesting. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Yeah. I don't. I don't need to immediately sign up for Jesus, no, <laughs> in order to you know, <laughs> to investigate that. And it's um, and it, and I think it is. It's this idea of spiritual warfare, which is the idea that you have an enemy out there, the concept you have an enemy out there, which is going to present itself as the unbounded good, uh-huh. because the unbounded bad, is a really helpful one, because it has those people on guard for deception and power that's being accumulated through deception and manipulation. Um, and because they've, they've accepted and internalized that and also at some level have humility to recognize that they are vulnerable, um, they don't mistake the, the ethos and the logos um, stuff. Right? Is they don't think, oh, I've got a PhD in blah, or, you know, a, degree, a degree from this beautiful institution which has told me I'm not a stupid person and therefore I couldn't be fooled. They don't believe that. Right. Um, so... Uh, and, and my observation of my own family engaged in a multi-generational deception, which is the Jehovah's Witnesses, right. um, yeah, is that you can be really smart, you can be very clever, but you can still be fooled. Sure, clever. yeah. Now, the binary uh, view of good and evil in Christianity, or really, yeah. uh, well, let's just stick with Christianity because that's the one I'm most familiar with because I was raised Catholic. But I feel yeah. like that lends itself to looking through the lens of there are doers of good and met and in the, in the religious context, not your context, uh, yep. soldiers for God. And then there, there, there are doers of evil and they're, they're either sort of for one reason or another working on behalf of, of, of the other side. And, and yep. I, and I think that that, that to me runs counter 
to something you were saying earlier, which is this idea of partial truth everywhere around you and sort of picking mm-hmm. out and, and choosing, because that rings true to me. But when I look at the, 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 the binary lens through which good and evil is seen through the, through Christianity, which is again, as you said, uh, and is just true, uh, there's a lot of overlap between that and, and MAGA, uh, if you want to say, yeah. um, so I'm curious as to, as to, as to, if you think that plays into this at all, because, because it, it, it seems incongruous to me in, in a way. Um, so my sense of it is that ultimately everything um, runs either into service to self or service to others or all. Yeah. It's like, um, is, is, is it's like, it's like a drop of water dropped somewhere on the continental United States. It either ends up in the Pacific or the Atlantic or the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Right. Well, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a limited number of places it can end up in, yeah. And um, uh, so, in a in a service to all construct is one which is based on love and empathy, and the nature of, of um, uh, uh, um, it, it, it's kind of we could take it to its extreme view of uh, of we all we. We all act in an altruistic way all the time. Yeah, it's like um, the service to self construct is one where all of the power of love is subverted into control over others. The only way of the psychopath expressing love is to control. Right? Is they, they they do not have empathy. Um, so the accumulation of power over others is how they love. It's um, so uh, so. I think there is a, a kind of a there is a natural congruence between what you might say is, is, is the Christian view of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not qualified to talk about other ones. Um, sure. Uh, and some underlying reality of the nature of power and its expression in terms of service to self versus service to others. Mm. Um, so it's a, um, uh, and this is where we kind of get into the, there's the, um, uh, Gnosticism and Kabbalism and all these different Rosicrustian or whatever I can't, I can't pronounce it. It's like it's um, there, there are different deep philosophies about the nature of the world and how how we interact with it. Whether it is that binary view or versus a, a tree of life view versus you know, right, which, right, right, right. Kind of animate this stuff, um, and that's and that's also why it's very dangerous to try to, to take the Q stuff as being reductionist to it's either true or false. <laughs> right. Is that uh, is is we need to understand what is the nature of the underlying philosophical system of of ethics mm. that is being manifested here, mm. which is very hard. Yeah, that's that's advanced class. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I, I before we wrap up here, I wanted I wanted to something I I think is particularly fascinating about your writing on this stuff is that. I, f- I forget. It's the it's the article the the tweet that you have pinned. It's the article that I, th- I believe it's that article that you wrote, and yep. the, and you and you sort of preface it with like, if this is true, it's the greatest communications event, and if it's not, then it's not. But see, that alone is different than what I've heard from other believers because they don't even allow for the fact that that there's any wrongness on, on, on the potential wrongness on their behalf. And what I'm, what I'm curious as to the, the way that I think manifests is that when I see, I, let's call them your average Q believer here in America, MAGA hat, whatever you want to say, 
I, my opinion of them is that they'll, they'll for, even if it's, there's no way to believe what they're believing anymore, they'll figure out a way to continue to believe it because they put so much stock in being right about this. The, The fact that you're saying, and I deeply respect this, uh, the idea that, you know, it, it could be wrong. I I guess I'm curious as to, I mean, it doesn't need to be a specific thing, but, but at what point does that start to, because you're open to the possibility, at what point does that start to potentially become a truth? Yeah. See, I I insist on the possibility of, 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 uh, I'll say that again. I insist on the possibility of apostasy in, in, in all situations. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because with the Jehovah's Witnesses, I have experienced directly the costs mm. uh, uh, of not allowing that. Right, right, right. Final understanding. Um, so I think that there is, I, I, was, I would counsel many of those who are, quote, Q believers uh-huh. that have actually committed a, um, a bit of a uh, spiritual and epistemological sin in that they have tried to attach a savior-like view to mm. Q mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, in some ways in opposition to their own beliefs that they believe in some other savior. Right. Like, <laughs> right, 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 yeah. Like, so I think you, you, you have to have the thing which is bigger than Q mm-hmm. that stays constant. So, so my, my demand for... Um, epistemological cleanliness and sanity um, uh, forces me to say at the end of the article, and if this turns out to be all bullshit, then, right. um, wow, it's the most interesting bullshit ever. <laughs> but we have a different problem in our hands, yeah? yeah. But, but at least it was, at least I've gone over it with the level of methodical ruthlessness of a full-blown you know, Aspie-type autist. Right. Best sponsors, yeah? It's like it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I've at least put in that level of um, a rigor, yeah? It's like, now it, it may it may turn out to be not untrue, but to be differently true, right, <laughs> right, um, in a way that was unexpected. Um, uh, but that but that's kind of ordinary. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> that's almost to be expected. If if anything yeah. is to be expected, something yeah. some the truth, whatever the final uh, truth ends up being, it's sort of always somewhere in between whether it's far closer to one side or closer to another side on a different dimension right is that you find out that actually the, 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 the this this whole process was of a different nature to what you thought it was right 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 so, yeah and we, we, could, we could venture into topics like exopolitics whatever way you think whoa my goodness right <laughs> that rabbit hole real deep it's like, right 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 yeah but but that's that's outside my domain of confidence mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like um, or even a lot of the spiritual stuff is like whoa the nature of consciousness not my not my area of competence. But right, there, right. There is good evidence, I believe, that the scientific materialist view of consciousness is not true. Hmm. It's like, um, so which, which then starts to put us into a very, very interesting sort of question. Yeah. The, the nature of nature of reality and um, that and our relationship to it. Right, right, right. Well, I think that's a good note to wrap up on. Um, yeah, I think this was cool. I'm really happy that we ended up connecting about this because again, I think that your sort of the, the lens through which you look at this stuff allows you to have a conversation like this. And I think that that's, yeah. that's really important and I appreciate it. it. Yeah. As long as I got coffee and chocolate. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, on the other side of the world. All right, man. Well, 
uh, have a great Friday evening, um, and uh, we'll let you know when we post it. And again, Martin Geddes, I really appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.